Sports with Aaron, Paul, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. So, you know, I've got this dachshund. And, uh, you know, his name is Elmer. The best and, boy. And he, he has some nervous habits, one of which is just licking all the time. Uh, I mean, he'll lick the floor. He'll lick a cabinet. I mean, he just licks, licks, licks. And I mean, this morning, he is licking my other dog, Trudy, like he's trying to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop. And I yell, stop licking your sister. And I thought to myself, I bet Paul heard this all the time growing up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for a second, I thought this was going to a dark place. And then it did. (laughs) I had to to bring out an Elmer story since Tim's on. I missed you, Tim. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Nothing brings you back like Elmer. (laughs) (laughs) And Ghost Rider. I think Ghost Rider is what brought Tim back this week. That's true, too. Yes. We're going to be talking about Ghost Rider here in a little bit. So, Aaron, I think I should buy you some of the gifts I've bought my dad over the years. Uh-huh. My dad has a Datsun, loves uh-huh. this thing. So this last year for Christmas, I got him a T-shirt that has a picture of a Datsun on it, and it says, uh, I love my wiener. Nice. Nice. Aaron already has that shirt, except it's not a picture of a Datsun. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> it, it, it is a picture of my junk. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron's shirt would be, I tolerate my wiener. This is also true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how to how to how to get dig ourselves out of this I, hole. Come on, segue out of that, Paul. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do here. <laughs> well, yesterday I went up to there, so we're recording this on Sunday um, again, again because it's my fault. Um, and, the, well, and it's the Lent season, you know. So we're doing our, we're doing our church here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yesterday I went up to Richmond, Virginia, uh, for GalaxyCon. Now, uh, GalaxyCon is one of those like Wizard World type things. In fact, it may actually be it, what replaced Wizard World. I don't know. Is that because it's a pop culture event? It's a pop culture event, but it's also like a touring show. So oh. um, there's one in Raleigh in July, one in Minneapolis in November, and one in Louisville. Um, that the dates haven't been announced yet. Mm, okay. Um, I saw your pictures on Instagram with uh, the He-Man stuff. So So that that battle cat you were sitting on looked pretty fucking cool. Yeah, this, um, you know, this builder group, you know, you walk in and well, in the in the door I walked in as soon as I walked in. uh, Well, first of all, this thing was way bigger than I thought it was going to be, because the last comic convention I went to in Richmond was like at the International Speedway and you could pretty much just like walk in Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, this one. It was like, like we drove in, um, didn't stay overnight or anything, and it took like a half hour to find parking, and I had to park like four blocks away. Um, it was it was crazy and very, very crowded. Uh, lots of celebrity guests um, at this convention. Uh, so they had Armin Shimmerman, um, you know, from oh. Deep Space Nine, Barry Bostwick from Rocky Horror. They had um, a Clerks reunion, so pretty much everyone from Clerks except <laughs> Kevin Smith. That would be awesome. Yeah, and yeah particularly since Kevin Smith wouldn't be there, that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, they had a Smallville reunion, so they had Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, John Glover, and Erica Durance. Now, did Tom Welling look like the guy who ate Tom Welling? <laughs> no, he's looking pretty decent, actually. Okay, he looks kind of big on the uh, 
on the uh, crossover thing. Yeah, no, he looks pretty. No- he he, okay. he looks exactly as I expected. Um, okay, cool. yeah. I'll be seeing that type reunion in June because they're all coming to Wizard World. Yeah, in I think St. they're Louis doing like the touring circuit too. Um, they had the Aladdin reunion um, from the original movie, uh, the cartoon movie featuring all the voice actors, including Gilbert Gottfried. Um, <laughs> bunch of, yeah, uh, William Shatner was there. Marina Sirtis, Lavar Burton. Uh, oh, one, you had a nice turnout for Star Trek. Yeah, one of the biggest names there was Matthew Lewis, who plays Neville Longbottom in Harry Potter. You know, he's one of the main characters there. Um, huge draw. So, and a bunch of anime people. Oh, Will Wheaton was there also. Um, so a bunch of anime people, like, honestly, some of the longest lines were for voice actors from things like One Piece and, um, Dragon Ball Z. They had the voice of Super Mario, uh, the voice of Skeletor was there, Alan Oppenheimer. Um, oh, also Transformers. They had, uh, Optimus Prime and, um, Frank Welker, uh, who was Megatron. So, I mean, just a ton, ton of people, a ton of celebrities, surprising, for, for Richmond, and also surprising considering it's the same weekend as C2E2. Mm. Um, <laughs> first I, off, saw, go ahead. I saw a lot of talent at C2E2 cancel at the last minute because of coronavirus. Yeah. Well, so I had an awkward... Uh, so I only... So, you know, you guys know I've been digital for years now. Um, so, I, I honestly, I left that convention without purchasing anything. Right. Um, but they had some great comic talent, including Pete Tomasi... Um, oh, nice. Matt Hawkins, Jeff Lemire, um, uh, Declan Shalvey mm-hmm. was there as well, and Becky Cloonan, Alex Saviak. Um, but they also had Tom Grummet. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, did you get oh. a sketch? Did you get a sketch? I want, I almost did, but I'm like, what the hell? I don't have any wall space. <laughs> I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, literally, like the sketch you got me from um, Phil Hester. No, I got my. I got that's Fred Hemback. Fred Hemback. No, <laughs> I, I. Sorry, I got the Phil Hester sketch. <laughs> okay. Uh, for the Jack Kirby thing, um, okay. that's sitting on a shelf, not sitting on my wall. Uh, and, and you got and the the uh, the the um, Fred Hemback sketch you got me was in a frame, so I, that's sitting on a shelf as well because I just don't yeah. really have a ton of wall space with sure. everything I have. Um, you need bigger walls, <laughs> apparently. So Tom <laughs> Grummet, I'm like. I just want to meet the dude because, like, I loved Tom Grummet between his work on Adventures of Superman. He was, you know, the first um, – he, he was the artist on Robin and Superboy back Superboy. in the Superboy. His work on Superboy is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously. And then the X-Men Forever. He did X-Men Forever with Chris Claremont. So mm-hmm. I was like, I got to meet the dude. So I walked up to him and I'm like, hi, you know, I just wanted you to know, like, I'm a huge fan of your work. It was, it's really great to meet you. And he just like, stu- like, he just looked at me awkwardly like, uh, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now it's awkward. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't want to buy anything. Like, I just wanted to meet you. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you. And I walked off. Um, it was a very awkward exchange. I, I guess they're just you not used to people. With I should have. I guess they're just not used to that. Like, I'm like, I just wanted to meet the dude. Like, I he was one of my favorite artists of the 90s. I loved, yeah. uh, like you said, Robin, Superboy. Um, those are pinnacle, you know, um, comics uh, from my yeah. from the 90s. What was what was he charging for sketches? Did you see? Uh, full body was like 120. It was pretty cheap. That is not bad. Yeah. That is not bad. Wow, that is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, GalaxyCon, if, if one's coming to you, like I said, Raleigh, Minneapolis, uh, Louisville, you may want to check into it. I, I really thought it was great. Um, and where you were going with the Battle Cat thing is, I walked in, and there's this uh, group, and I, I feel bad not remembering the name of the group, but they, they had a huge setup of uh, Battle Cat and whatever Skeletor's cat was named. Um, like, giant like you like you climbed a ladder um john marks uh brazen monkey uh is the uh brazen monkey by john marks on instagram you could see their builds uh they had a huge setup the 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 you, you basically donated to take a picture um mm-hmm. for charity and so i did it I, I walked by that booth like three times i'm like i don't want to pay for a stupid picture like i didn't even pay i didn't take a picture with any celebrity but i just kept walking by that thing and at one point there wasn't a line for it i'm like screw it i'm doing it i'm getting on top of that battle cat and it was awesome (laughs) and it's just it's you know there's a backdrop with um um, castle grayskull and uh, snake mountain behind them and uh the sword of power in a stone in front and it's it was it's an amazing setup Really, really cool. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I spent twenty dollars in that convention, Aaron, and that was pretty much wow. it. That's all I bought. See, wow, that amazes me. Even though I don't buy comics, I end up spending a fortune at the at the conventions on various things that I end up buying. Just buying t-shirts, you know. And it's because <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, you know, I'm, I, I had I had no intentions going in. Right. This is a, a my brother's a huge Smallville guy. He had he wanted to go like basically stare at Erica Durant's and. Um, <laughs> And Shannon, Shannon Elizabeth was there also, you know, considering the Jay and Silent Bob connection uh, and, you know, from American Pie. I'm like, oh, oh, Shannon Elizabeth. Hey. Um, but if only they could Skype in Chloe from jail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, probably be a delay. you know, I, I really just kind of wanted to go look around and I, there were a couple things that I liked. So there was one booth that had those Star Wars Kotobukiya Samurai ones. I don't know if you guys have oh, seen yeah, those figures. Nice. They're amazing. Those. Those are and I walked up to, and they had like all of them. And they and I was like, I've never owned one of these, but I've always wanted one. And they had the Darth Maul or the Darth Vader one. I was like, Darth Vader seems like a good way to start. And I looked at the price, and it was like one hundred and nine dollars. So I'm like, that seems good, like for mm-hmm. this type of stuff. I'm like, but let me double check on. Let me walk away. Let me double check online before I purchase it to see maybe it's out of print, you know, something like that, and I'll come back and bet it. Buy it. $75. It was $70 on Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I only spent $20 at GalaxyCon. Um, but I will say one thing that very much impressed me uh, that I don't normally see at conventions in this area, um, even Awesome Con in D.C., tons and tons of international stuff. Um, like Japanese uh, toys and plushies and uh, movies and things like that. I don't s- normally see that kind of stuff at conventions um, right. locally. Interesting. I, you know, those, those are at all the conventions here. I would say a good third of the, the booths were dedicated to international uh, properties. And I just, I, I'm, you know, even AwesomeCon, which is in Washington, D.C., not a ton of that stuff. Um, but you know, unfortunately my, my main complaint is the same complaint I always have about these types of conventions is that most of the, when you're looking for toys and stuff like that, most of the stuff really is just modern stuff. Um, well, you know, you know, my, you know, my complaint is that Paul needs some guidance, Aaron. We said, we send him on, we send him on one of these things. We're like, okay, you need to get a stinger from Gilbert Godfrey talking about funny books. Oh, <laughs> I should have. I'm not good at that stuff. Or Optimus Prime. 
Either or would have been okay with me. Ah, that is Optimus correct. Prime. Welcome to Funny Books. Roll out. <laughs> okay, well, that that's an attempt. <laughs> yeah, that's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> just just throw some um some like audio effects on that. Sounds just like him. But GalaxyCon, great time. Really enjoyed it. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, but I, I know, uh, Wayne, you said you're going to Wizard World coming up, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's the From a celebrity standpoint, it's got that whole Smallville reunion thing. But uh, this year, Fear the Boots actually has a booth. So we're going to be not just there. We're going to be out on the floor in Artist Alley selling some stuff. That's cool. I've always pondered like getting a booth and just advertising the podcast or live podcasting from it, but just never really committed to it. Which is why ten years sounds later, like Wayne sounds like Wayne did get him some business cards, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know you have some, you jerks. Yeah, Wayne's had business cards since what twenty eleven. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, well, no one wants them when I try to give them out, but yeah, there's I've that, got right. I have business cards at my real job, and I think I've only ever given out one, and it was to someone who actually walked <laughs> into my office. Um, it was to Aaron. <laughs> it was to Aaron. Uh, so, speaking of groaners, I, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but uh, you know, C2E2 is this weekend, and they've announced a number of things. Uh, so, Jim Lee was there. He had a panel, obviously addressed you know, some... They can- they canceled the publisher's panel. They did. Because you know, Dan DiDio got shit canned. Yeah, it was publisher, singular. Yeah, publisher. Yeah. <laughs> but they, you know, they, he did have a, a speaking engagement at which he was asked, and he said there's no p- current plans to replace Dan DiDio. So I guess right now he's the sole publisher. Um, and he says, don't don't believe the rumors. You know, DC Comics has been around for 85 years. We're not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, T2E2 isn't like the biggest news area but they did make an announcement regarding jonathan hickman's first big x-men crossover thing um so we're all out on the uh the x-men books i think nobody's reading any of that are they other than my fantastic four x-men crossover book uh that i'm not reading any other x-men books yep that's it yeah that's that's a no for me yeah i i think what killed literally x-men issue two and um or I think it was issue two, killed my interest in those titles. Uh, Well, the first big crossover was announced as coming in July. And I got to tell you guys, it it sounds pretty ridiculous. Um, It sounds so stupid. It really does. These 10 X-Men each get a a special sword. I'm sorry, that sounds a whole lot like the thing with the hammers that happened a couple of years ago. And uh, someone will have to tell me why Wolverine needs a sword. Yeah. So the the name of the crossover is Ten of Swords, <laughs> um, and uh, the 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 premise is that the society of of mutants will be threatened by powerful forces from the unknown, and ten mutants will rise up and defend their home, arming themselves with legendary blades, both new and familiar ones from Marvel history. Mutant kind will finally meet its mystical destiny, and I'm like, duff. What is that? Yeah, that sounds like the premise for a cartoon show, Um, not the premise for an X Men crossover. It's trying to sell you some swords. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, in the ad you see uh, Professor X, Psylocke, Wolverine, um, Nightcrawler, Iceman, Apocalypse—you know, a bunch of other characters. 
Cyclops has like a, a lightsaber, um, all armed with their own special swords. And I'm like, I, 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 you know, don't get me wrong. Jonathan Hickman has won a funny book award before. Many funny book awards, because I love Jonathan Hickman, but it just sounds ridiculous. It, it looks crazy stupid. Crazy stupid. Yeah. I, I, I have... Now, if it comes out and it's a, it's, it's getting great reviews, nah, I probably still won't. Um, You'll buy it on sale on Comixology. Yeah. I want to see the one in which, you know, ten special mutants each get a slingshot. That's the one <laughs> I want to <laughs> Ten of Goliath. Ten of, ten of slingshots. Ten of slingshots. <laughs> well, what I am excited about for Marvel Comics is Ultraman. Uh, Marvel Comics has gotten the rights to publish, um, has a partnership with Ultraman's owners, uh, Subu Raya Productions. Um, they announced this back in November, but they finally announced the what's coming out of that, which is a new limited series, five-issue miniseries, written by Kyle Higgins, who's written some... Nightwing and, and plenty of stuff for DC Comics. He also writes the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics um, for Boom uh, with art by Francesco Mana, who I'm not familiar with. But I loved Ultraman growing up. You know, that was basically Power Rangers before Power Rangers. Um, that was Power Rangers, I guess, of my generation, I guess. Um, so I loved Ultraman. Um, so yeah, I'm actually Ultraman's very cool. much looking forward to that. How many issues did you say? Five. Five. It'll start with yeah. five, and I guess depending on how the sales go, they'll decide if they're going to continue. I'll definitely yeah, give the first issue a shot. De- definitely, I'm I'm really excited about that. I've always enjoyed Ultraman. Yeah. And in final news out of C two E two, DC Universe announced some upcoming original uh, stuff. You know, I've complained quite a bit about uh, my DC Universe subscription. Uh, you know, and, and some of the stuff that has come to it or isn't coming to it, that kind of stuff. Uh, so they I, 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 they announced that Harley Quinn Season 2 is coming. And actually, uh, they announced, well, they talked about a show that just started this weekend called DC Universe All-Star Games, which is an unscripted miniseries um, featuring celebrities like Sam Witwer, Vanessa Marshall, Claire Grant, and Freddie Prince Jr., and um, WWE's Xavier Woods playing DC Heroes, the post-crisis role-playing game. I saw something on that. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. I, I think that's. I mean, I, I'm look. I haven't seen the first episode. It's out there now. But apparently, there's two role-playing type series. The other one is called Escape from Arkham. Um, that will feature uh, Judge Jim Lee. Oh no, wait, hold on. Uh, Scott Snyder will serve as consultant. On Escape from Arkham, which follows six teams as they roleplay as henchpersons to Gotham's notorious rogues to escape Arkham Asylum. Okay, that one sounds extra awesome. I, 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 I'll, I'll check out both of those, to be perfectly honest. That, those both sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, so I'll watch DC Universe All-Star Games. I'll report back on it this coming week uh, when, you know, when next we podcast, because I... I think it's an interesting concept and yeah it's i think dc universe is probably the right place for that that's certainly not something yeah. that's going to survive on on cw or normal tv Correct. that kind of thing yeah yeah it's certainly more streaming service or youtube channel yeah yeah so i mean you know it's still not worth my money but <laughs> <laughs> but at least they're giving me some content to watch all right, so that's it for C2E2 news. I've been delaying long enough, Tim and Wayne. 
we can finally discuss Ghost Rider issue five. So uh, the reason we picked up, or the reason I picked up Ghost Rider issue five, is you know Wayne and I picked up the first issue of Ghost Rider, and we were both. I don't even want to say lukewarm. We we didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, um, but I got. But even though it's literally the same creative team, I think a different artist, but literally the same um, writer. The reason I picked up Ghost Rider issue five was that it's subtitled "Hearts of Darkness 2. and anyone who ha- anyone who's our age um, probably remembers "Hearts of Darkness," which was a prestige format comic. Back in the '90s, uh, that it was it featured Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and the Punisher. It was written by um, Howard Mackey, with art by John Romita Jr. and Ron Garney. And uh, you know they were fighting Blackheart and the, and you know the the son of Mephisto. And I loved that book. Uh, 1991 is when it came out. And so when they when this was called, I mean they they suck they totally suckered me in with that that Hearts of Darkness too. I'm like, oh, I can't not buy that. That's one of my favorite comics from my youth. So uh, since Tim is back on the podcast and picked up Ghost Rider, Tim, what'd you think? Uh, so I had a couple of minor complaints that I I can I'll, I can get to later, but overall, this is sort of what I kind of wanted, like from a Hearts of Darkness book. Um, I don't know exactly what was going on in Ghost Rider. The fact that, that it seems like now there's two and a half of them, we'll say, for the lack of a better term, is, is, is an interesting concept. But, um, I think this book did a good job setting up the, the players involved in, in the upcoming storyline. Um, there's a lot of Mephisto, there's a lot of Lilith, and there's just a little bit of Blackheart, which is, you know, they're, it's it's kind of they've got all the players in place i would say um to to make it to make a good story and i uh, overall i i I enjoyed the book um one one of the things i didn't like was johnny blaze looks like he's maybe 20 just the way he's drawn well you know that that all that time spent in hell is good for your complexion it's true but like it's like hot yoga I want, I want like gruff ass, like uh, old man Logan, Johnny Blaze. That would be perfect for me. And then when I turn the page, Danny Ketch looks like he's literally fifteen. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, fifteen and drinking a bottle of champagne at his parents' well, grave or at his mom's grave. Well, sure, you know, because that's that's what you need to do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, that was my well, okay. Uh, did anybody else? This was a problem for me. Um, Mephisto sounds off. Can we just say that? Yeah, I, they, I, they, I don't. They, I don't know what's been going calls, on with him. Right. At one point, he calls Johnny Blaze a dimwit or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> you are. You are literally the devil. The devil would not <laughs> use the word dimwit. Well, maybe he's <laughs> been DH too. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he's eight. You know, I. <laughs> So, but, uh, yeah, no, I, minor complaints, you know, the art thing, that, that might just be an interpretation, that's fine. Um, Mephisto just might be sassy Mephisto or something, whatever, that's, I guess, I can live with that. Um, 
but let me tell you what any small things I, I problems I had ended at that last at that last page I am so ready for the next issue so Wayne what, what were your thoughts so I'm a little more torn I love the story itself but I still hate how they're treating Danny Ketch I just don't like what they've done with this character at all they're your you know, he was my ghostwriter. I've never cared about Johnny Blaze. It's always been Catch for me. And seeing Catch be this whiny alcoholic drunk that, you know, is basically the whiny part is the big part of it. It just, you know, it just really bugs me. But the story itself was great. And like you, Tim, that last page, you know, I'm on board for the next issue just entirely because of that last page. Yeah, and so you know we're referencing the story. So the story is continuing the first arc where Danny Ketch is, you know, which I I'm actually kind of surprised wasn't resolved because we hopped out um, and I didn't realize it it still wasn't resolved. That Danny Ketch believes that Johnny Blaze has gone crazy and is you know um, infected by hell and uh, is taking out innocent people when actually that's not the case. What John? What um? Not, did I say Johnny Cage? No. no, you said John, you said Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze, okay, because Johnny Cage would be a lot more interesting. Um, Ooh. Oh no! So Johnny Blaze is is actually a bunch of demons has have escaped from hell, and what he's doing is he's taking them out, but they're hiding in 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 normal people, and so that's what's happening. But some something happened in the first arc to to Danny Ketch, and he's like. He's not a, a ghostwriter. He's kind, I don't even know what is what he actually is anymore. Um, he's been taken over by the spirit of corruption, and he looks kind of like, kind of like a Final Fantasy character a, a little bit with a giant he kinda, sword. He kind of looks dumb. Let's just yeah, yeah. I don't I don't yes. love the design. <laughs> I don't like the design. I don't like the abilities. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So I, so that that's honestly my main gripe about the book. Other than that. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it I, so again, my main gripe is just the the, the Danny Catch stuff. Outside of that, um, the scene where Punisher is talking to Wolverine, and he's like, "What's your interest in this? I thought you were off on your island having orgies." I was like, "Yes, <laughs> Punisher. <laughs> Punisher gets it." Um, I thought that was a great line. Um, I liked the interaction with those characters. So I'm I'm on board. I am cautiously optimistic about this arc. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to see the next issue, which we have we've referenced. But uh, do we want to spoil it? Oh yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, the last couple pages is Johnny Blaze uh, riding around on his bike with Mephisto chained to the back of it and telling him he's gonna he's gonna whoop that ass. And uh, all of a sudden he goes through a portal. It looks like he's in the the Himalayas or something. And uh, Doctor Strange is there saying where do you think you're going with my prisoner i'm like oh yes and you see the 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 uh the 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 teaser for the cover for the next issue is uh looks like uh looks like the two of the the uh johnny blaze and dr strange are going to have a polite discourse about what's happening i'm very much looking forward to that so mm-hmm. yeah, so okay. It, it sounds like we all enjoyed Ghost Rider number five, and, and so that was that was kind of a, an unexpected purchase this week. 
but the other book we're going to talk about this week from DC Comics is is one that Aaron and I have been very, very excited for. Um, and I think Wayne was more cautious hopping into, but that's Batman Superman number seven, uh, which Ooh. is still written by Joshua Williamson, but we were excited because of the Nick Darrington arc, uh, art. Yes. It's, yes. This features Ra's al Ghul and um, General Zod. And I, I don't want to say teaming up, but uh, General Zod would like to use the Lazarus Pits to bring back the city of Kandor, which was destroyed by Rogel Czar in the Man of Steel miniseries. And so, Aaron, I know you've been excited for this book. What did you think? I loved this book from beginning to end. Uh, I mean, from Nick Darrington's cover all the way to the final page, I loved this book. Um, I was surprised by the book, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, I gathered when we saw the, you know, the end of, of the previous issue that it was going to be Zod and Raj teaming up against Batman and Superman. And that's not the case. Uh, you know, Raj is at odds with uh, with Zod. In fact, you know, uh, when Batman and Superman encounter him, he's trying to, you know, gather up uh, weapons that will work against a Kryptonian because Zod is coming for the Lazarus pits. And, you know, Raj believes that he should protect that resource for um, uh, humans, not for, uh, you know, off-world aliens. And I, I just I really dug this book. I enjoyed the you know flashbacks to old Candor. I enjoyed the flashbacks to old you know Batman Superman adventures. Uh, I, Nick Darrington has got just such a Saturday morning whimsical way of drawing his books, and it's what I enjoyed so much about Batman Universe. And it it just almost feels like that style from Batman Universe is picking up right here. One thing I will say about the Nick Darrington art, and mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful. I think I, so. I'm not going to disparage Nick Darrington about this at all. But I think what's interesting is seeing the same artist with two different writers. Because mm-hmm. um, I will say, Nick Darrington had some amazingly creative art in Batman Universe. Right. And I'll say, though his art was beautiful in this, he didn't have any of the crazy stylistic stuff that he did in Batman Universe. And I think that's the difference between Joshua Williamson writing and Brian Bendis writing. So I got to know, is, there is a scene where uh, Batman and Raj are flying, you know, to, to get to the Lazarus pit. And, you know, they're, they're sitting in Raj's plane. And Raj, Raj is drinking tea from a porcelain teacup in his plane. Yeah. Saying something. That really says something about Raj that, you know, he, he keeps porcelain teacups <laughs> on his plane. Is that a uh, something that the writer included, or is that something that Nick Darrington included? That's one of those things. You mean Joshua I'm Williamson? Interested. Oh, yeah, no, you yeah. said the writer. Or Nick, yeah, yeah, the writer. No, good question. I, 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 I'm dying to know that because uh, that just it just kills me that you know they're just writing in silence and Raj is <laughs> just <laughs> sipping out of his teacup. Um, and the other thing I, I want to point out on the art is uh, General Zod. His whisker game is strong. Did you notice that his whiskers don't follow his jawline? They follow his cheek line and then yeah, yeah. goatee. I love, I, I was like, fuck, if my, if my whiskers didn't grow in just absolutely white, I would totally, totally go that way. <laughs> so I, I had no problem with the art when I read it the first time. But I'm looking back and there is some serious inconsistencies on the faces on art quality. Uh, I'm looking at, let's say, the very last page. 
Superman's face. That is just not good. I feel like he was rushed on this because you have some panels where it is very detailed and very good, especially with Raj and uh, Zod. And then others, especially Superman, but in some cases even Raj, where it just looks like he was rushed and it, the detail isn't there. You know, I'm looking at uh, the page where Raj and them are flying off away from Superman, the flashback. The Superman on the top right corner of that, the face is just not detailed and not good. And the same for that last one. But I see other panels where everything looks great. So it's not a talent thing. I just feel like he was rushed. And I didn't notice it on first read through, which I guess means it was pretty good to begin with. But going back now and flipping through the pages, it's jumping out at me more. So I didn't have those issues. Uh, no, I mean, I don't want to say you're wrong, Wayne. I think it's. I think we, we just have different, maybe, in, interpretations of the art. Um, I will say the first time, because I don't remember Superman being in Batman Universe. Maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I actually don't remember Superman being part of that. So when Superman, when the first page, uh, there's a two-page spread of Batman and Superman, like, swooping in um, yeah. on the, the title page. I'm like, huh. Okay, that's Nick Darrington's interpretation of Superman. It's very clean. It's very classic. Um, yeah, and that's one of the pages I look to where I think it's a really good version of the faces. Yeah, so I I don't know. Like, maybe um, it, it grew on me. I don't know why. The, like, the first page, I'm like, I don't know that I love his interpretation of Superman, but it did grow on me. Um, it's just very... I guess I'm just so used to... I don't know. It's it's. Just, I, I guess it, it. I don't know why. Something about it just stuck me as like, hmm. It's it's almost too clean based on what I was used to from his art in uh, Batman Universe. But it did grow on me. But and by the end of the book, I was all in. Um, and and you know you, you have qualms with the last page, but I think one of my favorite aspects of this book is the ending of the book. So oh god, um, I love that ending. Oh, yeah. of the, book. the ending is incredible. It's I'm yeah. just looking at Superman's face out of the four of them on that, and that is it. Really looks like rushed art. Well, because he's it's, scared, Wayne. He's scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just not a good drawing of Superman's face. The others are fine. I you know see I. I disagree with your inter- interpretation of the book because I think that spoilers. We think that we're getting there in time to stop Zod from uh, throwing the city, the bottle city of Candor, into a Lazarus pit. And we find, you know, there is this terrific panel where Zod turns to Superman, you know, because Superman's like, wait. And Zod turns to Superman and he says, you see it now, don't you? And the city's empty the Kandorians are already in the pit. In fact, now they're beginning to rise from the pit and you know, it's horrific. You've got this entire, you know, city of miniaturized people. (laughs) Well, can I say on that point when they first, so they're all rising from the Lazarus pit and I don't know, maybe I'm dumb, but it didn't occur to me that they were miniaturized until you flip to the last (laughs) page. And they're all these basically bullet sized Kandorians flying straight at the heroes. I'm like, Oh, the and rising so, panel is so good with the Lazarus dripping off of them and them glowing green. And that next panel with them all flying is also, you know, they I was lukewarm to the story coming in. They sold me with that last page. So that last page that, that you had a problem with because, you know, the faces and whatnot, I feel like he has drawn our heroes plus Raj and Zod to be 
they're essentially in the background where the foreground, you know, the thing that's getting the focus are the Kandorians. And, and there's so a lot has, of detail to the Kandorians. Right. But he has drawn the, you know, four other characters, you know, Superman, Zod, Batman, and Raj, uh, with less detail to show them sort of out of focus so that you're really drawn to the Kandorians. So, you know, you're, you're feeling like it's rushed. I feel like that was a, 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 a technique he used to draw your focus on the Kandorians in the foreground. Yeah, I can see that. I, it may be a case of I don't like his take on Superman. <laughs> and that may be. Although there is, there is a panel in, of Raj that I think looked, looked rushed as well. But mostly when I look at the faces that seem off, it is all Superman. It's not the others. And Superman is the only character that doesn't have something on his face, doesn't have either facial hair or a mask. Well, I absolutely loved this book. And I, I and, and a lot of it was the Nick Darrington art that I loved. I just I really get a kick out of this guy's uh, style and, you know, take on our characters. And I, I, I dug it. Now, the story's fantastic. It's just, you know, it's so crazy. Oh, shit an entire city of Lazarus pit resurrectees. Yeah. I love it. Well, and you know, uh, one, one last thing I'll say on the book is it makes me wonder if Nick, um, Joshua Williamson was kind of forced into this whole year of the villain thing for his first mm -hmm. arc, because this is definitely a different feeling book than the first six issues of it were. Um, yeah. this is, this is what I want to see from Batman Superman. I, Cause this is the type of stuff that Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis did when they started the Batman Superman title, you know, in the early two thousands, the, the, you know, big adventure, fun, um, superhero, super heroics. Um, and you know, when this book started very much mired in the year of the villain, um, Batman who laughs stuff, I was like, mm, I don't want just another crossover book. Uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful that this is the type of quality we're going to get from this book going forward. A, a little bit something yeah. more like what the book started as years ago. Great stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. So next week, Aaron, I, I'm going to head you off before you even ask. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, speaking of Superman and Batman, Superman Villains comes out. Um, Aaron, you read that Superman Heroes one-shot. This is the villain's equivalent of that one-shot, written by Bendis, Fraction, and Jody Hauser, um, with a um, kind of a super star uh, lineup of artists, including Michael Gatos, Cully Hamner, Brian Hitch, Steve Lieber, Jim Mafood, Riley Rosmo. Did you like that I mean, Superman Heroes book? I did. I liked it a lot. Okay. So, Superman Villains comes out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, also, Batman Issue 90 comes out from James Tynion IV. Uh, now, we have not... I, I've picked up all the Batman issues. I need to get caught up to determine if I'm going to buy Issue 90. Uh, we didn't love the first uh, issue from James the, Tynion's the, arc. The, fir the first 89 issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because he just started, I think, with Issue 86, and we didn't love it. But I picked up 87, uh, 88, and 89, and I'll read them to see if I want to pick up issue 90. This is leading up to the big Joker war uh, that's coming up. But the reason that I wanted to mention this book is it's drawn by Jorge Jimenez, um, who was the artist on Justice League. And the art he's, that has been previewed of this issue is absolutely gorgeous. Also from DC Comics, we have The Flash, issue 750. This is, you know, DC's been doing these anniversary books. This is the big anniversary Flash issue, kind of like the Wonder Woman one uh, that came out a few weeks ago, written by Brian Bucolato, Jeff Johns, Scott Lobdell, Francis Manipal, Joshua Williamson, Marv Wolfman, um, and more. 
And, uh, you know, I think this this will feature, just like the Wonder Woman 750, kind of feature a preview of the continuity that's being set up for DC 5G. It's also a $7.99 book, so I don't know if anyone else is going to read it, but I'm planning on picking it up. Uh, new issue of Justice League 42, continuing the Eradicator storyline. I like that storyline. And the one of the big two new releases next week, two big new releases next week, Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, Doc Shaner, Strange Adventures, Issue 1, comes out I'm next so week. in. I am, I, am, I am so in. Take I, my money now. I am very, very excited for that. Yeah. And uh, on the Marvel side of things, sticking with the Strange theme, we have Doctor Strange, Issue 4, from Mark Wade and yep. Kev Walker. And Strange Academy, Issue 1, from Scotty Young and Umberto Ramos, I'm, coming out next week. I'm, I'm in for both of those. Yes, as am I. So we'll have a very strange week next week on Funny Books. Plus, 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 next week starts Funny Books, March Madness. Oh, yeah, very exciting. Our, yeah, our month long March Madness. Mm. <laughs> what, what is mm? <laughs> it's not tasty, <laughs> <laughs> it's succulent. So, uh, hey, uh, we want to know what you thought about this week's books, all the all the, the, the news that we've reported. Uh, give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome. Well, guys, Tim, it was good to have you back. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see you next (laughs) week. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.